0: Hey listeners, get slapped in the face with an alien ball sack and become literally time, because today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 5, The Whirly-Durly Conspiracy.
1: Before we begin, I just want to say that there may be spoilers for any episode up to and including this one, so go watch all of Rick and Morty, insert witty line here, yada yada, you know the drill. With me today are... Toby. Brandon. And I'm Joe. First off, this is my favorite episode so far. It was fucking fantastic. I felt there was a bit of Futurama in there, too. This was uh, Ryan Ridley's episode, I believe, and he's a longtime writer for the show. Yeah, Ryan Ridley, if you're
0: out there, I want to make love to you slash eat you. Like, I'm a lion and you're a gazelle. <laughs> Also, breastfeed you in a time frame of a thousand lifetimes. You fucking killed this episode, dude. I feel like this entire season after the first episode has gotten progressively better. So I'm waiting for episode six
1: to be a dud.
2: (laughs) Well, this is our episode six, so you're probably right.
1: I felt there was some futurama e jokes. Like, my favorite fucking joke in the episode was the little tech support men, where Beth calls tech support for the machine. And like, <laughs> so can you hit the button on the side? She hits it, we're free! And you see three little men run out of the machine. That was a fantastic
0: joke. There were so many good jokes in this, in this, one, in this episode. Like the, the, the part where Jerry gets... Do you gets... mind?
1: You're stuttering like a mof. Do you mind taking the line again? Do I mind what? Just say it again, but less retarded like sure
0: there were so many good episodes or fuck (laughs) there were so many good jokes in this episode the scene where jerry's being eaten and rick starts shitting on him and then the thing eating him is like ooh, got him that was fucking amazing (laughs) the scene where jerry gets sucked into the hand dryer in the bathroom and then the guy gives him this whole speech about there comes a time in every man's life where he must make a choice Decide to live through a life of compromise or accept a path soaked in blood. And then he puts a fucking party
1: hat on and leaves. That was amazing. (laughs) There was also Jerry gets sucked through the hand dryer and his reaction to being put in the chairs. My hands are dry! My hands are dry! Yeah, that was really funny. There
0: was the scene where Rick is using that alien to get it to carry them away. And Jerry's just in its pouch getting slapped in the face by the ball sack. That was hilarious. The whole story with Summer getting turned inside out, it was everything I like about Rick and Morty. Just, holy shit, I can't believe this is happening, and hilarity and beautiful animation and amazing story structure and writing. This episode was an A-plus for me.
2: There's one joke that you didn't talk about, which I think was just incredibly underratedly funny, which was them making a whole big deal of Rick having cybernetic enhancements, and then when he finally uses it, it's just a suction cup.
1: That was... (laughs)
2: Like, it, his arm <laughs> breaks down, looking like he's about to blow everyone to shit. And then it's just a suction cup.
0: Or just the whole bit with Rick getting injected with the, what do they call it? The neural dampeners?
1: Xanax. It was neural dampeners, yeah, I believe. I can fly. Wow, you're stupid. Yeah, that was awesome.
2: You're missing the most obvious one. The children shooting each other.
1: Oh, oh. yeah. As soon as I saw the immortality field go down, I was like, they're gonna, and then it cuts to the little boy and girl, I'm like, Yep, she's gonna die.
2: Oh, Jesus, that was so
1: fucking dark. Oh, and the end of credits scene when the tech support guy gets picked up by a hawk? Yeah, but fuck that guy. I mean, in his defense, he was trapped in a box his whole life, so... Do you think that's a metaphor for, like, the modern-day working man?
2: What, or just woman. like living a horrible life in
1: a box until a hawk comes and takes you away? Or until you finally retire, you get free of the box, and then the second you're free, a hawk comes and takes you away because fuck you, you don't get a retirement.
0: Is that just a cheap metaphor for death?
1: Nah, at that point, your body starts to decay and your vacation from work is just ultimately useless. I mean, that is the point of this show. I didn't want to get this depressing this early. It's really dumb that we're analyzing this because that's not what it means at all. Yeah, it's just a joke. As much as we've been praising new writers, I fucking love Ryan Ridley. I'm really glad this is his episode. It was nice to see the old Rick and Morty. Not that the other episodes weren't great. It's just this felt really pure, distilled Rick and Morty. It's like Walter White making you crystal meth as opposed to, uh... Jesse Pinkman. I was thinking the mental guy from the first season. Oh, Tuco. Grandpa shit himself, son. Tuco Salamanca. Tuco, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also called my grandfather Grandpa shit himself. (laughs) Let's get to our first topic. We saw a lot of character progression in this episode. We see some from Beth, from Jerry, and from Morty. Which one do you guys want to talk about first? Let's talk about Jerry. It was his episode. It's a Rick and
0: Jerry episode. I have to say, one thing that was really interesting about this episode was Rick and Jerry, pretty much for the first time ever, kind of reached a mutual quote-unquote respect for each other where they at least acknowledged, I respect your situation and what you're trying to do to some extent. This is really the first time you see Jerry even be a little bit of a man. No.
2: Not of a man, but like... With the exception of Cronenberg World, I don't think we've seen this Jerry really act like one before.
1: In the marriage counseling episode, in the Me Seeks episode, kind of... That was Beth's image of Jerry. No, no, Jerry is the one who started gunning down the pathetic Jerry slugs, and that's what changed Beth's image of him. I'm Jerry
0: Smith! And I'm coming (laughs) to rescue you! And then just all these Jerry's with their own faces on their t-shirt saying their (laughs) own names. That was such a good joke.
2: It was just one step below them coming out sucking their own dicks.
1: Which I also wouldn't put it past the series to do. By the way, I know this is an aside, but why do they bleep out the word god in goddamn?
2: Maybe they offended it's too many people. As
1: fuck. I mean, if you watch Rick and Morty,
0: the odds are you're not religious because the entire point of the show is look at how meaningless the world is and look how god doesn't exist and it's stupid if he exists, blah, blah blah. <laughs>
2: Rick literally shouts, fuck you, God, not today, bitch.
0: When he's in a situation that's really dire, even he abandons his principles, just like, save me, God.
2: He's an atheist till the plane goes down.
0: Who has been more responsible for awful things happening to people than Rick in thousands of
2: dimensions?
1: Arguably God, but yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I hope that at some point they have a Bender moment where, like, Bender meets God and God is just like, well, it's possible that I'm God. I never really thought about it before.
1: All right, we've gone way off track. What the fuck were we talking about? Oh, Jerry. Back to what Toby said. I think that you're right that Rick and Jerry have reached a mutual understanding. Jerry understands why Rick has a problem with him, and Rick understands what he's done to Jerry. Now, as to whether or not either one cares, that's up in the air. But at least now they have a mutual understanding of where the other is coming from, and I think that is the first step.
0: That was also a really brutal and really interesting way for Rick to explain his problem with Jerry, because for the longest time, all we really knew was that
1: Jerry's an idiot and
2: And Rick does not suffer fools.
1: Last week, Toby, you and I were talking about whether or not Rick hates Jerry, or is he annoyed by Jerry? Is he bored of Jerry? Justin Roiland must have been listening to us, because we know now what Rick really thinks of Jerry, which is, you took my daughter.
2: He thinks that Jerry is not as innocently pathetic as he poses, and that he kind of just uses it to like keep people around. Not consciously, but he does that.
1: It could be Jerry acts that way in the same way of, I've known bullies who don't purposefully bully people, they just sort of do it on instinct. Not that that excuses it, but it is a different kind of bullying where that's how they've learned to get what they want. They've never learned another way, so they just don't realize what they're doing. I think Jerry uses his patheticness. In the marriage counseling episode, we kind of see that personified where Beth pictures Jerry as that worm thing whose reaction to being threatened is to stick his ass up in the air in a submissive pose, which is hilarious, but we see that in this episode. We see Rick point out Jerry's instinct some predators trap their prey by disguising themselves some predators trap their prey by making them feel so bad that they just have to help Jerry and then they're stuck with him
2: I love the recurring joke of Jerry wondering what it would be like to have a vagina
1: now question we're all gonna answer on three I have a feeling neither of you will answer but have you ever wondered what it's like to have a vagina yes one Two, three, yes. Of course. Why would you
0: not?
2: Why would you not wonder what it's like to be something that you're not?
0: That's why it's such a funny joke, because the second (laughs) they shit on Jerry a little bit for it, he's just
1: like, no, no, I don't want to be known as that guy. So one question I had when I was writing up my notes on Jerry was, why is Jerry pathetic in this universe, but in the Cronenberg universe or in situations where Rick isn't around? he can take charge. Why does he turn the pathetic up to 11 whenever Rick is around?
2: Because he's like one step below being able to command the situation. So once someone who's naturally able to shows up, he just slinks to the background.
1: I think that Rick's pull on Beth is stronger because she is desperate for a father. So Rick is a threat. And when Rick is there, Jerry does what is instinctive for him, which is be extra pathetic. Stick his little worm ass in the air.
0: I mean, I guess it's that. And also just that Rick is such a troll that he goes out of his way to fuck with Jerry, so he puts Jerry in these situations where it's very difficult for him to be anything other than a pathetic piece of shit.
1: But when has he really fucked with Jerry other than when he pretended Morty and Rick were flying into a black hole in episode 10 of season 1? I don't necessarily mean fucks
0: with him in a deliberate way, but he just exposes the family to extreme amounts of stress
2: all the time.
1: He also undercuts Jerry as a father figure. Rick may not be raising Morty, but he's certainly shaping him.
2: He's forcing him to grow up.
1: Which I think is a good segue into Morty.
0: Morty's progression this season has been really interesting. The last episode, we found Morty taking a direct role as the hero of the day and the person who always knew what to do and always had the answer. And then this episode, we see an even new dimension of Morty where he's just like, I tricked Rick to get out of the bullshit that is hanging out with Rick all the time. It was really interesting to see Morty outmaneuvering Rick in a certain sense.
1: Yes, and not only that, last episode, he was an expert on drunk Rick and it's understandable that Rick doesn't understand and drunk Rick, but Morty does. In this episode, this isn't even a Rick thing. This is just Summer did something stupid and Morty rises to the occasion to fix it. Beth is like, no, let's do it this stupid way. No, let's call customer service. And Morty's like, no, you're doing the wrong things. He had no way of knowing what would happen when Beth pushed the button and freed the little tech support men. He just had this Rick like intuition. He just knew pushing the button's a bad idea. Also, he has this Rick like apathy. He killed the mailman. He killed the mob man mailman. And nobody mentions it. I forgot that that happened. That was sad. I like that guy. It was. The other thing he did is he fucked up Ethan. It was very sweet to see him protective of his sister because that's something Rick would never do. He would be protective of someone, but he'd never show it. But Morty sits down like a fucking mob boss, just goes, Ethan, your s'more's burning, and then aims the laser at him, and then next time we see Ethan, he's... He looks like he got Cronenberg'd. I was about to say that. But you know what would have been better Poetic Justice? If he just gave Ethan huge boobs. (laughs)
2: Let's just acknowledge the fact that Ethan is like a rape survivor, and now not only has his brother shat on him, but Morty has deformed him.
1: That made me feel really bad for Ethan. For
2: just making Summer feel insecure. Yeah,
1: he really didn't deserve what Morty did to him. It's very Rick-like. You slighted me, I'll fucking destroy your species. Rick has done shit like that (laughs) before. I really
0: like this season so far because the show has definitely changed and you really see a lot of long-term character development that most shows, especially episodic shows of this nature, aren't willing to devote time to, but fucking Rick and Morty can because it's amazing.
1: Hold up, hold up, hold up. I just had a thought. What if this is Morty turning into Eyepatch Morty? He's becoming more Rick-like. If he will attack his enemies, who is meaner to Morty in the entire multiverse than Rick is? No one. So what if Morty is going to pull an eye patch Morty? Whatever that entails.
0: That could be where this is heading. That actually occurred to me before when I was talking about the fact that this is the first time that Morty actually in a sense outthinks Rick and tricks him into taking Jerry on an adventure just so he can get a break. What's so interesting about Morty's character development is that it's almost confirming the whole bullshit that Rick told his parents in the first episode of the series. Morty doesn't need to go to school. School's for idiots. He'll learn everything he needs to learn with me. And in a sense it is coming true because morty is genuinely developing into a highly resourceful and very intelligent person who's capable of dealing with all kinds of crazy situations i feel like in this episode summer and beth did not really mature summer pretty much only learned that
2: boobs aren't everything
1: summer was in this episode basically the plot device she just fucked up and by the way If you're going to enlarge your boobs with like a boob ray, walk around the laser, you idiot. Put one boob in, then walk around the laser and put the other boob in. Don't put both boobs through the beam, then they'll be asymmetric.
2: You put your left boob in, you put your left boob out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You put your clitoris in and you shake it all about. And it's not funny anymore.
0: Yeah, that's why Ethan was into the other girl, because she had a nice fat clitoris.
2: Take note, ladies.
1: Yeah, that's what men really care about. (laughs) So, what Beth has gone through, I don't think I would call it progression, but we are seeing what Dr. Wong said. Beth puts Summer's life in serious jeopardy to save face with Rick. She is willing to let her daughter be this deformed monster just for the sake of Rick not finding out that she couldn't figure out how a stupid little machine works. And Morty says, kissing Rick's ass isn't going to help keep him around, Mom, but it will help you lose everyone else. And what Dr. Wong said before is, I think it's possible that you and your father have a very specific dynamic. I don't think it's one that rewards emotion or vulnerability, I think it may punish them.
2: I'm just going to throw out a hot take here. I do not like how much forthright exposition they've been having this season. They don't show us the character flaws anymore. They just explain them pretty much right away. And I honestly don't like it as much as when they showed it through the character's actions and just made it obvious. I feel like this part of the show is now being spoon-fed to the audience.
0: I agree to some extent, but what other
2: examples do you have of that? Dr. Wong. Dr. Wong just explaining, oh, I don't think I'm handling this divorce well. In past past... past episodes it's been shown through the characters actions a lot more it's been shown that beth is horrible to other people when jerry use her as a version of the monster from alien it's been shown that jerry can be heroic but acts pathetic but they didn't have to like cut straight to the point and explain you act pathetic and here's why i don't like it as much as showing it feels like something that you do when you're approaching the end and you don't want to leave stones unturned
1: brandon i hate when you make points like this because you're absolutely correct and i just want to be in my little ignorant bubble of being like oh this is great and then you come and pop it, and you're like, "Here's a flaw. Here's a flaw. Here's a flaw." I'm like, "God damn it, he's right."
2: I'm sorry, I'm right.
1: I'm gonna look at pictures of Hill and point out everything that's wrong with her. That'll be a short list. Aww. Aww. Okay, so I think Beth is trying to be like Rick. Summer came along with a very understandable insecurity. I don't think I'm attractive because my boyfriend dumped me. Beth, at worst, could have just lied to her. That would be not wonderful, but fine. She just responds with the brutal truth the same way that Rick does. She says, I'm not an issue of Cosmo. Imagine that in Rick's voice. I can absolutely picture that.
2: I heard it in Rick's voice when she first said it, it sound- it is a Rick line. It's sarcastic as fuck and it doesn't help someone who's just looking for support.
1: She just points out, this is how the universe really is, well that doesn't help my emotions right now. Sometimes truth is not what we need, what we need is understanding, not someone to just be like, I don't give a fuck.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Also, I just remembered the joke where Beth was just straight up making a sculpture of horse hooves.
1: Morty's just like, so did they just let you walk out of there? Yes, Morty, a divorced woman needs an outlet Coolzies
2: I love that he said Is that a statue of horseshoes in her first responses? It's perfectly legal, Morty (laughs) (laughs) She's aware
1: of it But overall, I wouldn't say there was that much advancement for Summer or Beth. Summer, absolutely not. Summer was incidental. It's okay to make a character nothing more than a plot device on occasion because they have respected Summer's autonomy in the past. It was also a really fucking good plot device. I love the joke where they push the button. It says reverse. What else could that do? And it turns her inside out. That's a fucking amazing joke.
2: Does this mean that if her mom said she's beautiful on the inside, she's now beautiful on the outside? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I will say this about Beth, because Summer's definitely changing in this season. Beth really isn't, and at least with TV shows, if you have a character who is a certain way and is flawed but refuses to change, then the story has to be that character in situations. So they can't keep up this Beth path of just pointing out her flaws. They need to start putting this character who refuses to change into situations and just showing how she reacts to them. That's how we started with Rick and Morty. They were who they were, and we saw them go through situations. But now Morty's changing, and to a degree, Rick's also changing. Beth refuses to, so she needs to start going through adventures. That might be what they're setting up.
0: By the way, one thing that I noticed, Summer, I guess in this episode, was changing a little bit because her first reaction to my boyfriend left me for a pretty girl wasn't just to run away as she's tried to do in the past. It was to deal with the situation by mutilating her body with one of Rick's tools. So I guess she's becoming far more comfortable with Rick's technology and...
1: More comfortable with Rick's technology, sure, but I don't think I would consider that a change because some people drink, some people bury themselves in work, some people get plastic Plastic surgery. I think what Summer did was use the resources available to her to run away from her problems. What she should have done, and obviously she's young, you can't really fault her for this, but what she should have done is accept her own body, this is what I look like, there's nothing wrong with it. What she did is go, bigger boobs will make me happy. Actually, that's where happiness is stored. You think it's in the brain, but it's actually in the boobs. Huh? I didn't know that. That's that's really interesting. I study neuroscience. This stuff, we talk about it all the time. He studied medical science at Brandeis, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) This is what Brandeis teaches you. So, Beth, I don't know if she grows because she did turn herself inside out to talk to Summer and be like, who knows what the fuck she said, they sounded like a couple of whales. But I assume it was something along the lines of, I love you and you're beautiful, etc, etc. I'm not a parent, I don't know what the fuck I'd say to my kid. God help your kid. But at the end of the day, she didn't say anything to Rick as far as we know. Maybe she does. We don't know. All we see is Jerry looking in from the outside. But Summer's back to normal by the time Rick gets home. How did Morty fix Summer and Beth? I'm sure he just played with some knobs until he figured it out. He knew enough to know what not to do. I'm sure Beth... Or what knob to do. Have we left long enough silence... Toby, do you want to make this a two-person call and just carry on the podcast? I didn't even hear what Brandon said, but that's probably for the better. It is for the best. But what (laughs) was I saying? Oh, yeah. I think the problem is Beth jumped the gun on Morty. She started pushing buttons. I think given a couple hours, Morty would have figured out how to fix Summer. It's just Beth was like, let's push this button. (laughs) So the next one is Rick and Jerry getting along. One thing I find interesting is the only time they really get along is when Jerry points out that some dude looks like Jeff Goldblum and they laugh. I don't think their personalities are compatible enough for them to have a friendship, but you know, there are people we know who we like them, but we can only take them in small doses. They're like you, for instance, Joseph. (laughs) Ha 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 ha.
2: Why would you say that about yourself?
0: It's so self-deprecating. Don't be so hard on yourself. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I like that you went the other way with it, but, um, <laughs> Also, can we just mention the fact the villain's name is Risotto Groupon. <laughs> Risotto Groupon? Holy shit, no. how did I miss that?
2: No, no, it's not.
1: It absolutely is. He's voiced by Mr. Krabs, by the way.
2: That's great. Really?
1: God damn, they always get such good voice acting guests. It makes sense, the guy's greedy. Risotto Groupon? <laughs> it is a really fucking funny name. So, one thing that did happen is, when they're going on the whirly-durly, Rick does apologize to Jerry. He's like, I fucked with your marriage, and I should apologize to my daughter, and I will once I get home. And, I wonder why he said that, because this is one of those few instances Rick did not know he was being fucked with, just based on his reaction. I imagine that's because he views Jerry as so pathetic that it doesn't matter, he can let his guard down all he wants. Plus he's in an immortality field.
2: Everyone there lets their guard down because of the immortality field. Rick literally got stabbed to death and then came back and was laughing. And that explains the hole in his chest. So Toby, you owe me $10. Yeah,
0: I already paid you. Oh, yeah. What did I pay you for?
1: Um, for
2: being right, I think.
1: Was he right or was he alt-right?
2: I'm about to have alt-left this conversation. Okay, that was slightly redeeming. (laughs) But fuck both of you.
1: That one was actually kind of (laughs) funny. Yeah, it was. Fuck, now I have to leave the stupid alt-right thing in, even though it wasn't funny at all, because Brandon's (laughs) is kind of funny. And kind of funny is the best we can do on this podcast. It's our main (laughs) export. (laughs) (laughs) So, why do you think Rick was willing to apologize to Jerry and Beth? What did Rick see in Jerry?
2: Maybe it was just that he was actually having fun with Jerry, and he saw Jerry as not being a slimy, manipulative Shit.
1: But Jerry's not slimy.
2: Slimy is in pathetic.
1: Maybe in the absence of Beth, Jerry is just a person. He's not the guy who stole Rick's daughter's future. He's just a dude. Yeah, pretty much. What other settings are on the uh, Morphizer?
2: Cronenberg. Yeah, it's
0: definitely a Cronenberg setting.
1: I think there's one called Bigger Dick. So you're like, oh, this is going to enlarge my penis. So you push it but it just makes you a meaner person. So then you're like, well, maybe bigger balls. That'll make me more courageous. But instead it actually gives you bigger balls like Randy Marsh from the Testicular Cancer episode of South Park.
2: (laughs) Who are you, Amelia Bedelia? There's definitely a Michael Jackson setting that changes the color of your skin. <laughs> One end of the spectrum is Michael Jackson, and the other end of the spectrum is Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> Hooray for blackface. It's somehow acceptable.
1: Yeah, was that acceptable? Did that get any backlash?
2: Not as much as it probably should have.
1: I was too young to understand that. I was in my early teens. It didn't even phase me. But in retrospect, yeah. <laughs>
0: What fun shit would you do in an immortality field? Oh, man.
1: Actually, let's save that for later. Just, I'm trying to mix comedy in with serious analysis. Okay, okay. I'm failing, of course, but I was going to go into learning why Rick hates Jerry. We talked about that.
0: We actually did talk about that.
1: Man, I got you shit talked to do about today. It a bit. Okay, let's do it. Let's talk about it more. Well, I don't actually have any talking points. Okay, no, for real You! <laughs> I'm kidding! So, what Rick says is... Who do you think had more taken from them when you shot 20 cc's of liquid dream killer into my daughter? To which the snake goes, oof. I thought you were going to say 20 cc's of liquid feces
0: into my knees, Morty.
1: (laughs) That was such a stupid improv thing.
0: For the audience, that was a reference to a live Rick and Morty improvisation thing that Dan Harmon, Justin Roiland, Ryan Ridley, and the actress who plays Summer, I forget her name. frazier Oh, Spencer Grammer. Right. Who is Kelsey Grammer's daughter.
1: Underrated. That's not underrated. He is not a funny human being and he did not deserve a show that won however many Emmys it one
0: has literally the world record it's like 33 emmys
1: so anyway i was going to link what rick said about 20 cc's of liquid dream killer back to season one episode six because rick gives off that sentiment in that episode where jerry talks about meeting beth and rick's like so you just got her pregnant and forced her to marry you We've seen this sentiment from Rick before, now we're hearing it outright. But one thing I found interesting is that he doesn't call her my daughter, he calls her Rick's daughter. So does that mean he does not think of this Beth as his daughter, but rather as whatever the original Rick who fathered her, that daughter?
2: I think it's just the title sort of thing. Like, he's saying, like, I am not just me, I am Rick the All-Powerful.
1: I'm the Rick. And I think this is, like, her title. He is the Rick, she is the Rick's daughter. It's power. The way you put it, she should be the Beth, not the Rick's daughter. We also see the sentiment in the Mind Parasite episode, where he says, I don't want your unemployed genes in my grandchildren, Jerry. It's funny and extremely insulting. But I think this may be misdirected blame on Rick's part. Because, in reality, Rick could have avoided everything that happened to Beth if he had just raised her like a fucking father should. He left. He got bored and left. That is his fault. Let's analyze the fuck out of Jerry's acid trip, huh? Dude, I have almost a full page on this. Share with the group. Before we start doing this, I am aware that it probably means nothing. I was aware the entire time I was doing this that it probably means nothing. I just think it would be fun to look into this and be like, let's see if we can draw any meaning from this. First thing is, all three of their minds merge. So we are seeing thoughts from Jerry, from Rick, and from Groupon.
0: Groupon?
1: (laughs) It's a fucking stupid name. Alright, so the first thing we see is a pair of angel and demon-like beings who... To me, it looked like a light and a dark kind of thing. And then Jerry asks, is he dead or alive? And Rick responds, you're asking the wrong questions. So I wonder what that says about Rick.
2: This is an acid trip. You are going down the worst rabbit hole possible if you're trying to analyze someone else's acid Yeah, I thought this was going to be a
0: joke analysis. I didn't realize this was going to be serious. It was just funny, like, Jerry watching Rick breastfeed Groupon. That was fucking hilarious.
1: I fucking opened with I'm analyzing this even though I'm aware there's nothing There.
0: Well, don't ask us to analyze what you already think is bullshit. Okay, one thing I will say, this was probably the second time ever that they've acknowledged how fucking high their audience is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is the anti Conway Twitty. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this was highly enjoyable
1: to watch, though. It's
2: artistically just wonderful. They just basically told the artists just run wild.
1: But there are a couple other things. There is something called the sabbatical goat that sort of represents oneness of the universe. It's depicted in this Wikipedia image I saw. It's like a goat head and a dude with a hairy chest and tits. So it's like everything (laughs) melded together into one. One other thing is time is a recurring motif throughout the acid trip. The one thing Rick can't do is travel in time. We always see the box labeled time travel stuff, but he can never figure it out. He can never go backwards. He can never return to places to make them right. He can never undo anything he's done. He has to live with his mistakes. And it's, I guess, sort of the tragedy of the universe. You're like the worst Pink Floyd song of all time right now. I would get that joke if I listened to any music whatsoever. Oh, fuck you. Why fuck me? I just don't like music. Who doesn't like music? Me, I just told you. (laughs) There's like, as a concept, you just don't like music? I just don't listen to songs that I like. I've never heard songs that I'm like, yeah, I could listen to this willingly. There's also the scene with the gazelle, the gay thing between Jerry and Rick, where it's Rick killing Jerry as a gazelle while simultaneously flashing back and forth between that and the two of them naked wrestling. It was probably halfway between them wrestling and fucking. It was certainly foreplay. (laughs) And then the last point is, when Rick says, I have shit on my ass, it represents the ultimate futility of existence. And I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying.
0: <laughs> I have shit on my ass. That made me laugh so hard. Just having this incredibly psychedelic montage with time and bending of space, and then just Rick's giant face flashes across the screen. I have shit on my ass. <laughs> so
1: Rick and Morty. What would you do in an immortality field? I would shoot you for making bad jokes. Let's just all acknowledge that we all thought we'd kill each other. Obviously, we don't all need to make the joke. I'm also curious, can you feel pain in an immortality
0: field? Because if you can, that's a little bit less fun. Rick seemed to feel pain when he got
1: stabbed. I also love Jerry's reaction to that as someone, someone, (laughs) he's like a five-year-old mom. I would definitely fight to the
0: death with people because then you could figure out if we were both in a ring, who would kill the other one with their bare hands? Well, that's
1: an interesting question to know. For me, it's not interesting because I know the answer. (laughs) I'm not a strong human being. In an apocalypse scenario, I am the to
0: die that was more for me and Brandon because we were the same size and the same weight yeah you're swole yeah we're so swole bro
1: so I would probably Batman around the place where I'd be like you know it'd be cool if I could climb up this building put on a cape and fly all this shit that my brain goes that's not gonna work if I'm in an immortality field it doesn't matter I'll do that shit I'll fail horribly And then I'll know for next time.
2: I mean, you can do that now. It just is whether or not you want to do it again.
1: Well, then I won't know for next time because I'll be fucking dead.
2: (laughs) Definitely
0: doing a ton of dumb jackass style stunts would be perfect for that. Maybe try cyanide just to know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You could overdose on heroin.
0: Oh yeah, do way too many drugs, like an impossible amount of drugs. That's a good call.
1: Although it never says if it can leave any... Like the fat dude who is eating his weight in everything. He won't get a heart attack, but is he going to walk out of there just as fat, or is he going to slim down to whatever weight he was when he entered? (laughs) That is a good question.
2: Oh, I'm sure that that guy can never leave, because once he does, he's going to die.
1: I think he can't leave because he can't move. He's too heavy.
2: (laughs) He can't get out of his chair.
1: Next week's promo. So there's the promo, but there's also the clip that has been out on YouTube for some time, which is Morty sees Jessica, hears that she's broken up goes to ask her out but Rick stops like we have to go on an adventure Morty. They go on this insane thing where they almost die they get back into the car two weeks later bags under their eyes disheveled as fuck and they just both have a breakdown and it is the funniest thing I have ever seen.
0: (laughs) It's really the first time that Rick ever acknowledges how fucked up what he does is. That was fucked up I was not in control of that situation at
1: all we almost died. That was pure luck Rick would never admit that except in a situation where it's fucking real. Don't worry, Morty. It'll be 20 minutes tops six days later. Why do you keep doing this to us? I I don't know, Morty. Maybe I think I deserve to die. Maybe I hate myself. I don't know. I went through the season three trailer and we have seen every image in that trailer so far except for the part with Green Rick, Green Morty and the Futurama mutants. So I think all three of those are going to be in the next episode. Possibly. It's probably going to be we're on vacation but shit keeps interrupting us. Although it will be Rick and Morty so there's going to be some fucked up twist on it. You know the vacation episode? It's going to be so
0: stressful for them (laughs) because it always is. It honestly might be one of the most fucked up episodes of the series just because that's what Rick and Morty does. The more they emphasize how tame it will be, the worse it always is. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, because like this episode started with don't worry, it's an immortality field. Nothing can happen. And then just <laughs> the worst possible things happened.
1: Well, not the worst possible thing. I can think of worse things.
2: We are not going to start this debate.
1: Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Thank you for listening. This has been The Daily Squanch, our non-daily Rick and Morty podcast, presented to you by Pancake Pug. If you have questions or theories you'd like to share, if you have suggestions on how we can improve the podcast, or if you'd like to mind your own goddamn business, Gene, you can find us on YouTube or Twitter at Pancake Pug, or on our website, PancakePugProductions.com.